you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Brother Anthony, will you pray for this service, please? God, you are good. You are mighty. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Right now, we're in this topic on, on Proverbs, which is a pretty good topic to be in. Amen. And as I read through Proverbs, I can't help but notice the many decisions that we are faced with. Many points are given showing us that there is a reaction for every action that is taken on our part. We are faced with so many decisions, decisions to speak positive words or decisions to speak negative words, decisions to do right, decisions to do wrong, decisions to think godly thoughts or decisions to think worldly thoughts. And they may seem simple, but these are decisions that can have a pretty great impact in our walk with God. Amen. And when I read through these, these chapters, these, these verses, it really breaks it down and allows me to apply it to my life. Amen. The things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we think directly impact my reciprocal relationship with God. If I think things on the world, if I say things that are ungodly, it's going to slowly pull me a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further away from God and my walk. It doesn't mean that I'm completely out, but it doesn't mean that I'm completely in. Exactly, right? Every action I take has a reaction, whether it be for good or for bad, for the kingdom or for the flesh. And it impacts not only me, but it impacts the people that, that look at us as, oh, I thought he was somebody that went to church. Oh, I thought he was somebody that was a faith-believing God. Why would those actions, why would those words come out of him? That reaction is now making them second-guess, well, does that mean I can act like that when I'm in church, when I'm a believer? It impacts a whole lot more than just us, amen? And it all starts in one place, in our minds. Pastor Herring has talked about it before several times. The easiest way to fall or fail is through our minds, amen? Can you put up 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, please? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Keeping God the focus of our thoughts and our hearts is the key, amen. There's a song that, that, we've, that we have done many times here titled, Jesus Be the Center of It All, amen. And I believe that that title sums it up so very perfect 
Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of my marriage problem. Jesus be the center of my finances. Jesus be the center of whatever I'm putting my mind to. Jesus be the center of it all. Amen. Sis, if you could put up Philippians 4 and 8, please. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. He didn't say talk on these things. He didn't say look on these things because the connection of our mind with our creator is so very powerful. So if we are going to grow, our minds have to be 100% dedicated to Jesus. In the calmest, stillest times in our life, when there is absolutely zero distraction, sitting by a creek or up on top of a mountain, in a tree stand, wherever that place is, our mind never quits working, amen? Now I'm going to tell you a little story. This is a story for anybody that's ever spent a night on a bear bait. You know, sat up there for an evening, maybe was out moose hunting or deer hunting in a tree stand. So just picture it with me here. You get into your stand and it is the perfect night. I'm talking dead calm, dead calm, no wind, no rain, just cool, calm. And you just get in your stand and you're like, oh, Tonight is the night that that big bear is walking in. There is no reason that he should not come in. You're sitting there. You got everything ready. Just the slightest movement. You can feel your coat. You can hear your coat, and it just sounds magnified. You move your feet, and your boot clicks on the tree stand, and it's like, I better not make a move. And then you start... You start hearing something, maybe a tree branch, crack, and you're like, oh yeah, here it is. You get out your little spray bottle and you, a little bit of anise oil in the air. You get your bow ready and you're just like, oh man, it is just, you are just ready to go. You got your arrow knocked, your release is ready, and you hear it, oh, now he's walking. Just any time, he's going to come out that tree line right there. And then you hear... (laughs) And there's a squirrel. Every single time. I don't know how many bear squirrels I've heard over the years, but it has been dozens and dozens. Am I right, Marshall? (laughs) So, it doesn't matter... Where you go, that squirrel is going to show up. It doesn't matter where you're at. It, you can think, oh, no, this is it. I'm, this is definitely a bear coming in. This is definitely a moose. But I promise you, at some point, that little shuffle that you hear is going to be a squirrel. It doesn't matter where we are, how calm, how quiet it is. With no, distra- no distractions, that pesky squirrel is going to show up and it's going to trick our minds. Amen? Right. 
And then I feel... Unless you kill them, they never come back. Yeah. I've, I've taken out quite a few with, with Brother Stacy over the years with different methods. And for some reason, they just multiply and they just keep coming back. And I don't know where they come from. But I like to, as, as silly as it sounds, I like to kind of make that relationship of the devil in my mind is that pesky squirrel. When I think that I've gotten as far away from the devil as I can, when I have zero distractions in my mind and I just feel like I can completely focus on God for that time, my cell phone goes off or there's a knock on the door. Something shows up and it hinders me from stepping a little bit further, which is why the devil uses our minds so much to attack us, amen? Solomon tells us so many things that will give us help in a spiritual battle with the devil. I'm just gonna read through these verses. Proverbs 16 and seven, when a man's ways please the Lord, it maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 30 and five, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Proverbs 29 and 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 28 and 26, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Amen. There is so much wisdom in, in the book of Proverbs. There are so many nuggets, as Pastor Herring likes to refer to, that you can just you can just ensure yourself, you can just lift yourself up, that even though you may feel like you are on the bottom, God has so much more in store for you. Amen. I believe we serve a great big God, a God that can undoubtedly do whatever he sees fit if we put our trust in him. The devil, he does know all the tricks. He knows all those thoughts to have pop up in our mind to try to make us slip up. But our God is greater. Amen. Hallelujah. He is higher than any other. He is there when no one else is. He is there in those quietest times to say, you know what? Don't worry about that distraction. I have something more important for you right now. Just just put it away right now and just get in touch with me. Get closer to me. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 tells us to be strong. Fear not. God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. If you feel like you are under constant attack from the devil, I suggest that that we start doing something to protect our minds, amen? Fill it with God. Fill it with the word of God, amen. Acts 17 and 11 tells us to search the scriptures daily. It is all about more of Jesus and less of my flesh. The one way that we can always counteract the devil is to put more of God in us. Get our tanks full all the time, every day. Hallelujah. John 3 and 30 says he must increase and I must decrease. Just get into the word. It will change the way that you face your trials. Those trials that used to 
be so heavily burdened on you are, are going to just feel that much lighter. Amen. The devil would love nothing more than to get you to the point in your relationship where you start questioning God, where you start asking him, why did this happen? Why did you take this from me? Why, why, why? That's the devil's goal is to get us to start asking God why. But when you get into the scriptures, you can be sure that God is for us. He is not against us. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be protecting our minds. Hallelujah. An unknown quote says, what consumes your mind controls your life. Don't focus on your adversaries. Focus on God's possibilities. Unquote. So I encourage someone to start making Jesus the center of your thoughts. Watch your love for Jesus grow. Your mood your, your joy become more and more in your life. Watch those, those relationships that you thought were, un, were unhealable become healed. Those finances that you thought were beyond all repair be repaired. That person that you've been talking to for years that knows where you go to church, knows what days you go to church, what times you go to church, Watch them show up here and let God prove, you know what? You put more of me into you, and I'm going to re reward you for that. Amen. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Rest in that strong tower. Trust in God and watch the enemies start to tremble when they see your faith in our God. Amen. Brother Stacy. Praise the Lord. Good word. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> Psalm 62 and 9. <clears throat> the Bible says, Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance they are all together vanity. Praise God. To talk about the balances of God. And without God, without a relationship with God, there is absolutely no chance for us. The world wants us to think, religious mind frames want us to think that it's all good, but it's just simply not the case because God has some balances. And as one man said, his balances are very sensitive. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing either the vibing of sunder, soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. The balances of God are very sensitive. God knows our mind in everything. God sees if I'm trying to be manipulative. God sees how my motives are. He knows everything about me. He knows, as David said, my uprising, my downsetting, 
He sees it all, knows it all, and his balances are very sensitive. The Bible in the book of Proverbs is a book of blacks and whites. The whole Bible is that way, but it seems like the book of Proverbs is just kind of a little bit on steroids when you want to look at the idea of right and wrong. And, and of course, you know, the, the man who wrote the book was fathered by David, uh, the man after God's own heart. And we can see the very seriousness in the words of Solomon. Likewise, in the book of James, the half-brother of the Lord growing up in the household of Jesus. Is it any wonder why their books were so serious and so straight to the point and so non-wishy-washy. You don't see God portrayed as some kind of marshmallow or punching bag in the heavens in the book of Proverbs. No, you don't. It's right and wrong. It's black and white. It's life and death. It's very serious. Praise God. The Bible said in Proverbs 1 in 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why is it that the world seems to want to make the word of God less than it really is by putting a little, uh, putting a little watering down to it? Please don't preach it straight, straight, preacher, because, man, that's too hard for me. Praise God. Bible says in Proverbs 11, 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Do we understand that cheaters do not prosper in the kingdom? <laughs> I was, um, as a child, I had this idea one time, Brother Dave, I was going to cheat my sister. In a game of highest card takes, we, we called it that. Then it was called war, and I don't know what they call it now. But the highest card takes the one, you know, that was pretty self-explanatory. And so, I did. <laughs> I don't know if she remembers or not, but I remember well. Do you know when you get to the end of a game of highest card takes or war, and you've cheated... It's not that gratifying. <laughs> because you know you really lost. Because you cheated. And in the kingdom of God, we can't even cheat a little bit. I don't know about you today, but I know that though I be a slender man, I've got a lot of flesh to deal with. Every day there's, there's fleshliness that I have to somehow bring into subjection because my flesh wants to go wild. I don't know about yours. My flesh doesn't always like to do the nice thing, the polite thing. Oh, bless you, sir, for cutting me off. I don't, I, I don't all, that's, the flesh is 180 degrees different than where Jesus wants to take us. Praise God. So cheaters don't prosper in the kingdom. The Bible says Proverbs 20 and 10, divers weights 
divers measures, both of them are alike abomination to God. He doesn't like it. Divers weights are an abomination unto the Lord. Proverbs 20, 23, and a false balance is not good. Where are we on the scale? I don't know. Pastor Herring preached a very wonderful, eloquent message about a year or so ago, and he called it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he called it tolerance at the throne of judgment. And I have to say, though, not though in the sense of a bad sense, that we cannot measure God's tolerance. There is no measuring stick for the tolerance of God. We don't know what that is. We don't know if he's going to put a little weight on our side of the scale come judgment day. We don't know. But there is a measuring stick for whether we're going to make it or not. And that is just plainly the word of God. If we will keep his commandments, do his way, make it our life's mission to obey, to trust and obey, we know and can be assured that we will make it. Praise God. I know that's not deep, but I'm just trying to get somebody in a little bit of maybe a revelation mode that we need to step up our game a little bit. We need to we need to push in, press in a little bit more. Brother Dave, we need to do some more praying. We need to make sure that, that we don't just uh, do our little five-minute morning deal and then go through the whole day. That's a recipe for carnality is all that is. Praise God. We can't just go all day. Can't just say, see you tomorrow morning, God. This thing is serious. This thing is serious. It's balance. The Bible says in Daniel 5 and 27, and Daniel speaking the words, he said, Tekle, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. He was saying this to Belshazzar who had done a very vile thing. And so God was saying, I've weighed you out, and guess what? You're not going to make it. That's something I don't ever want to hear. Proverbs 21 and 2 said, Every way of man is right in his own eyes. Do we ever got to be careful of that? Do we ever got to put ourselves on the altar every day in lieu of that? And we men are pretty good at that. Self-justifying all the way. I guess the women are good at it too. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27 and 3 says, A stone is heavy, sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than all of that. Scales of God. Proverbs 13, 13 says, Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. But such as keep the law contend with them. Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. It matters who we walk with because we're weighing the scale, brother and sister. The scale, the weight of our life is going on one side or the other. 
And what I started to say a while ago about the whole um, me having a lot of flesh thing was, is that we cannot afford to take a day off from God. I'm telling you, the Bible says if the righteous scarcely be saved, that means barely, right? Am I right? If they scarcely, well, who's the righteous? David was righteous. David was a man after God's own heart. We'd say he was righteous, right? Daniel, certainly three times a day. As he did aforetime, I don't even think he was, he was sweating it. He didn't say an extra prayer when he got down to the bottom of the pit there. And those lions couldn't even so much as yawn. Because his prayer life was consistent. Praise God. And so what I'm saying is, is that we cannot take a day off. If I'm scarcely saved by pushing every day to make it to the kingdom. And I understand there's great. I'm not trying to preach an unmerciful uh, un, uh, gospel, so to speak. But I'm just trying to bring a point tonight that this thing is serious. Amen. You want to talk about risky business. Uh, Exodus 32, 26, Moses said, he stood in the gate of the camp and he said, who is on the Lord's side? I tell you about those people that didn't come over to his side. That's some risky business, right? You're on the wrong side of the scale, friend of mine. The Bible says an, an answer to this would be Colossians 3 and 5 where it talks about mortifying ourselves. And that is killing beyond dead. Doesn't make sense, but I believe that's the definition. Make sure. Boom. If that squirrel again, brother. <laughs> Make sure he's... <laughs> Kill it. The eyes of the Lord are every place beholding the evil and good. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 and 3, First Chronicles 16 9, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward them. A mind, a made up mind is a very valuable thing in the kingdom of God because God shows extra strength to the made up mind ones. Brother Dave, you alluded to that. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he pondereth all his goings. Abigail said of David in 1 Samuel 25, 29, she said, yet a man has risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be uh, bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. Who? Wrapped up with Jesus. On his side of the scale. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that all the weights of the bag are his. Praise God. Every precious and good gift is in that bundle. Praise God. He had the same mind of God as God, David did. My soul followeth hard after thee. Psalm 68, 3. Praise God. Bible says, and I didn't write the verse down. Pastor Green probably knows what it is. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not 
God. I think it's time that we somehow cultivate a hunger within us, Pastor Herring, to be better, to get on his side completely, to make up our mind that we're going to walk with Jesus and be on the right side of the scale because the righteous are scarcely saved. The Bible says in Isaiah 48 and 18, and I'm closing right here, that thou hadst, oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. That, that, is a, that is one of those statements there that just wows you. And you go, what? A God that could snap his fingers and see all creation just go, gone. He's in some kind of agony right now and he's saying, oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. That's puzzling. That's the love of God right there. When we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preventure God commended his love, commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But he goes on to say, Then had thy peace been as a river. Oh, that you would have hearkened to my command. Your peace would have been like a river. Never ending. Rivers don't stop. And he said, And thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. All interconnected. Never stopping. Never stopping. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, the Bible said, let us hear the whole conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to press in. I want to pray more. I want to read in my Bible and make sure it's every day. Praise God. Don't think I've missed a day, Pastor, since that day. And I know some have, and I'm not gloating in that. But just re-establish your vows to God. Get in the book. Man, this thing is life unto them that find it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Does anybody want to pray tonight just for a moment? It's not late at all. It's 8 o'clock. Jesus, we love and praise you. Thank you, Lord, that you're on our side. God is on my side today. The great God is on my side. That great King is on my side. Jesus is the lover of my soul. Oh, my God, I praise you. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Oh, God, therefore will I trust in Him. Oh, praise His name. Jesus is good to us. Jesus has been good to us. I want to be good.